This week, some of the top RV travel trends for 2023, plus our visit to Dawson City in the Yukon Territory, the gold rush town of the Klondike. This is RV Miles. This winter, L.L. Bean wants to help you feel great out there with gear tips and advice for heading outdoors and exploring all the possibilities of the season. Now that it's getting cold out, layering up for warmth is more important than ever. If you're doing something active like snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, or hiking, a good rule of thumb is to start out dressed like it's 10 degrees warmer than it is. So once you start generating body heat, you won't get overly hot. Then layer up or down as conditions require. For more tips, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Welcome to episode number 297 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two RVers who, along with our three boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and so much more. We are we are coming to you again from our apartment, but this time it's a little special because we're actually living in it now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Last night was our first night in our new home. Yes, it was. Our mattresses have, well, I should say two out of the four. <laughs> Yeah, Two out of four of the mattresses arrived, and so, so really, what mattered was Jason and Abby's mattress arrived. Two of the kids slept on the floor last night. Their their mattresses arrived today, they so we're do. not making them sleep on the floor long term. Well, they had a great time though because they they camped out in their room. Uh, Jack slept in his room. He hasn't had a room to himself since July fourteenth of twenty ten, which was the day before Ethan was born. So <laughs> he now has his own room again. He's slept in there and then Ethan and Henry are sharing a room and they had a little camp out last night, made their beds on the floor and we slept. Oh my gosh. I don't know about you. I slept so good last night. (laughs) We had this comforter that was in the saber that did not get to come with us to Bexy because it was a king size comforter. It is the most magical, most comfortable (laughs) I love it so much. And the whole time we were in Bexie, I just was like, man, oh, I've missed that comforter. Because it's just, it's fluffy, but it's, it's kind of heavy. So it it compresses yeah, just a little on you. It, it, it's it, it's great. But but what I missed even more was our king-size pillows from oh, the Saber. Oh, those pillows. Really good pillows, and we're back to those now. And yes. they're fantastic. Basically, all the bedding that came from the Sabre has made it into the apartment and it is just so great. I, when the alarm went off this morning, I, for the first time in like months, I was not like, Oh, I'm so tired. I just, it has been between being out of our home and then hotels after hotels after hotels and, just so many different sleeping spaces. It's really hard. I don't know if others are like this, but it's really hard for me to just come into any space and be like, okay, this is where I sleep now. And I need a few days to acclimate. And by the time I've acclimated to that space, well, we're leaving and going somewhere else. So last night was awesome. Tonight, all five of us will sleep on mattresses. It's really great to be here. But yes, this is for right now. The dining room, also known as the RV Miles podcast studio, yeah. as our uh, we're still working on figuring out a studio space. We have a few we're going to go yeah. look at, um, which we're very excited about. But really, the biggest hiccup has been um, needing a space where we can kind of deaden the sound a little bit. Yeah, like- where we can do what we want to. Like <laughs> we could rent like an office space wherever, but like. Are they okay with us putting up like soundproofing and all that sort of stuff? We saw this one space. I want it so bad. I just feel like it's it would be such our vibe. 
Um, but the problem is, is why I love it is the problem. It was this really cool office space in the village of East Davenport that was right above a saloon. And the spaces were really cool, but the name of the saloon is Grumpy's Saloon. And it's really nice. It's a really great little place. But they start playing music at like two o'clock in the afternoon when they open. Yeah. And all of the office spaces above, which were just really lovingly like redid recently, you can hear the music down in Grumpy's. Yeah. And so it doesn't really, you know, doesn't really work for yeah. us if we need to record kind of last minute or you have something that pops up that, you know, you yeah. need to do for news. Because even even with something like that, um, even if it's almost imperceptible to the listener, yeah. it can get picked up by the YouTube um, uh, copyright algorithm. Yeah. So you got to be really careful about background music in, in something yes. on YouTube. So. So Grumpy's Saloon is not going to be our downstairs neighbor for RV Miles. So the yeah. search continues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll find something. But uh, this this week here, we wanted to kick off the show with, uh, you know, it's that time of year where, oh, where people it? start making predictions about the next year, right? Oh, I thought it was the time of year where we get to start decorating Everything we own in the holiday decor. It's that. It's that as well. I've, okay. I've been making you wait till we're actually moved in first. I don't know what you're talking about. There's. <laughs> I went and purchased the tree yesterday. It's sitting there. Everything is ready to go. I'm. I'm just slowly putting things in places and slowly putting out Christmas stuff and figuring eventually you'll just come home and the whole house will be decorated. Uh, but RV share. RV share is like one of the biggest peer-to-peer -peer RV rental platforms mm -hmm. out there. Them and our outdoorsy are really the, have emerged through this renaissance of peer-to-peer -peer RV rental to be the biggest two. And RV Share every year uh, sponsors a major RV travel trend report where they, you know, they have an exterior firm go out and, and do all the work of creating a large survey um, several thousand people, you know, and all that sort of stuff to figure out what's going on um, in in not just really the RV industry. This is more about RV travel, uh, which I think is more interesting to most of you anyway. Yeah. So these are some some of the tidbits that have uh, come out of this. Uh, first of all, topping a three year trend, 86 percent of people are planning to travel at least as much this year as last. It's pretty much dead even with last year. So there hasn't been a big rise in that number of people who are optimistic about the amount of travel they're going to do next year over this year. But this year has been a very big year. But there's also not a, a drop, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have been expecting to see that eventually this post-pandemic RV boom is all going to just collapse and people are going to stop doing yeah. this. Well, what we're seeing is now we're going into essentially year four and the levels are holding steady. Uh, let me share some of the top destinations. Now, these are places where people have rented RVs from RV Share to you. So these are some of the top places that people want to go camp at in an RV. Number one is the Grand Canyon, and it's been the Grand Canyon for three years. Uh, Black Rock City, Nevada. Oh, the, the campsites at Disney's Fort Wilderness I in mean, Florida, hello. of course. Obviously, that's a big rental place. A reason a lot of people rent uh, at at Fort Wilderness, uh, they rent an RV there, is it's partially because it's it can be more affordable than going to a Disney hotel room. The with the I, rental of the RV and the campsite, I don't know that it is. I, yeah, at but, that point, you could probably just stay yeah. at one of the value resorts. And but be fine. if you want to save some money by cooking your own food. Uh, and you want to have more than four people. Yes. Because most Disney hotel rooms, a, 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 a good portion of them allow five people. Um, but m the majority of the hotel rooms on Disney property only allow four people. And that's based on occupancy uh, allowances due to code uh, mm -hmm. based on the square footage of, of the rooms. So families that have six people are often really kind of stuck at Disney World. Yeah, I think that might be the bigger than just the mm -hmm. cost of the campground and the rental. It's really, for me, the key would be being able to cook your own food and have your own food that you can bring into the park with you and then being able to have multiple people. to Again, that helps offset the cost if it's more than one family that's traveling together. 
Las Vegas, Nevada, Zion National Park, Yosemite National Park, the Gorge Amphitheater in Quincy, Washington. What? Uh, Here's the thing. A a lot of RV share and outdoorsy rentals end up at music festivals. Yeah. Big thing. So I I remember we talked to Jeff Cavins with Outdoorsy uh, back in 2020. And um, we were talking about uh, on that episode, you can go back and check it out, about uh, any concerns that they had in terms of RV rental throughout the pandemic and what the comp- how well the company would do and all that. This was before RVing got really, really crazy right. during, during the pandemic. Um, and he said, you know, they were they were actually really excited about post-pandemic return of festivals because that was really their bread and butter pre-pandemic. People renting peer-to-peer RVs to just, you know, you, you own an RV um, and you rent it out, you might not actually be renting it to somebody that's going to drive it around places. You you might be taking it somewhere like one of these festival locations or Fort Wilderness or whatever and setting it up for them and they just stay mm-hmm. there. So that's, that's especially because most people own trailers. Um, that's how a lot of people end up renting an RV. If I lived in the Orlando area, we would own a fleet, yeah, and we would just specifically rent them to Fort <laughs> well, Wilderness, or we would we would do number eight on the list, Daytona International. But there you go, Speedway. I'll bring it um, to you in Daytona as well, and and a couple state parks in Florida and Texas round out the list. But uh, uh, but those are some of the big destinations where people are renting RVs. That means probably a lot of people are taking their um, personal RVs to those places mm-hmm. as well. But but I think you can see how around the Vegas area and around the Orlando area, those are big places for people to fly into and then rent, especially Vegas. A lot of people rent RVs in the Las Vegas area, so then, then they can go up into Utah and, and do the Utah parks and go to the Grand Canyon uh, and, and all this stuff in Arizona. Yeah, that's a really common question over in our America's National Parks Facebook group is, I'm flying into Vegas what are the parks? I should, can I do these 22 parks in three days? What do you guys think? <laughs> the solar eclipse is is really big. The total eclipse that's happening on, I think it's April 8th? April 8th, yeah. Yes. Um, is, is really huge on RV shares radar next year. That means it's going to be the same for all campers. RV shares seeing a 324% increase in bookings for the weekend of April 8th compared to Memorial Day weekend. So Memorial Day weekend, official kickoff to camping when a lot of people really start to to camp. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really big weekend for rentals as well, but they're actually seeing 320% increase oh wow over memorial day for the eclipse well so, we didn't get our campsite booked. we have not done that so but here's a couple tips <laughs> if you're if you haven't booked a campsite yet um there's still a lot available the most that have been taken up are in the warmer mm-hmm. climates right the the path of the eclipse basically goes from like i think it's southwestern texas up to like new york on sort of an angle that way so if you haven't booked in some of those warmer climates, you can start looking in the cooler climates. We'll just do a little uh, late winter, very early spring yeah. camping. The and problem taxi. is sometimes campgrounds aren't open yet. Well, you that know, too. We'll Dep- hopefully, find something that is. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, another thing that you can do is sort of what we did at the last solar eclipse. We went to your parents yes. and then drove to the path of totality. So you could stay like two hours or so outside of the path of totality and then drive into some small town's eclipse festival or something yeah. like that. We know? have family in Dallas. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll do something like that. I think. Our reaction to having not booked yet really falls in line with this that I'm seeing on their their list as well, that travelers are fatigued. Planning fatigue is in full swing and travelers want to be surprised. The more and more yes. people are doing so something, the more difficult it is for you to spontaneously do that thing. And uh, the amount of planning that has gone into RVing is really driving a lot of people nuts. Well, yeah. And I think that that's for us anyway, why we have yet to plan out this April eclipse that we do want to do. But the idea of sitting down and trying to figure it out, knowing that everyone is going, knowing that it's going to be very, very busy wherever we go. I, 
I feel exhausted by that. You can still be surprised with RV travel, though. The thing you got to do, and this is, we learned this early on. We just kind of got lucky learning this early on, uh, is just don't go places where everyone else goes. Explore small town America. Explore places that aren't on, like, the best places to visit lists and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. At this point, get on recreation.gov, put in a location you want to go to. A state. A state. Maybe a town. Maybe your own town. Yeah. Sometimes we forget that there could be some amazing camping within 100 miles of us that isn't even on our radar. Put all that in. And and then just see what you find. Put the dates you want and, and see what's out there and go. Like and it's that to us is especially in those early days we were we let um, recreation.gov because of having bussy and not being able to stay in any really any kind of private campground with the bus. Yeah, there was a there was a little more acceptance these days, but yeah, there was less than. But in 2016, there was really no acceptance, and so. We really let uh, our state and federal campgrounds kind of dictate our travels for the first couple of years. And I look back on that now and it was awesome. I don't, and I don't think we realized how awesome it was at the time because we were frustrated that maybe we weren't getting to some of the bigger places that we wanted to go to. Well, we've eventually made it to those spots, but we got to discover such incredible locations and like yeah. hidden gems and small you towns. Just, and it was wonderful. Just put in the dates you want to camp and see what's open. Yeah. You know? I mean, maybe I'll put in like some January dates. Yeah. We've talked about wanting to do some winter camping. Let's see what's out there. Sure. I doubt we're going to find anything in this area, but <laughs> we can certainly try. Uh, there's several other things in this report. And I'll probably share a few of them in the news video this week as well. But one thing I wanted to, uh, close off with here is that travelers are embracing AI tools for planning, especially uh, millennials and Gen Z. I don't Good know. Good job, you guys. Uh, Go get it. I don't know what the AI tools they're using are, but I can see a lot of possibility for AI to start uh, giving you information about you know, which like granular information, like which weeks of the year mm -hmm. are the least populated at Grand Canyon National Park or something, which, you know, which day of the week is best to visit instead of like, we know, okay, this month or whatever. But I think there's a lot of, uh, of ability for that sort of granular information. It already happens at a uh, micro you know, level. Yeah. You knew where I was about to go. It happens at the micro level on a lot of different, really popular, especially in the amusement park yeah. entertainment industry. Disney that, World, Universal. There, you yeah. can go get crowd calendars that tell, use historic data that tell you, you know, a, a guesstimate of what that day this year is going to yeah. be like. What time uh, of day? Well, like where, what rides you should do, and what order in the day. AI can can sort of. Take. We need it to cut down yeah. a little bit because we talk a lot about the busy season. We talk that yeah. this park is busy. You know, uh, Joshua Tree tends to be busy in the winter as opposed to the summer. However, you know, you're going to look at maybe these parks up here in the Midwest. Like Voyagers, for instance, is going to be way busier in the summer than it would be like in the winter. There's a lot of that kind of information that's out there that's really big scope information. But what do you, what exact particular days yeah. maybe in the summer yeah because it's it's, it's not just it's affected by spring breaks and holidays mm -hmm. and and all sorts of stuff a lot of things you don't think about and things we didn't think about as full-timers all the time we always forgot about holidays memorial day weekend labor day weekend and so you don't think about those because you're out traveling but Man, how many times did we get caught being like, oh, no, it's Labor Day weekend. <laughs> or or even like in a local area where they just have like they have like a teacher in service day or something. Yes. And kids have off and you don't know that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for yeah. sure. So that's really cool to see that that is happening more and more now. So I'll share this article so you can read through it. There's a whole lot of information to glean out there if you're somebody that likes to dig into details like this uh, in, in the description for this episode. Yeah, or over at rvmiles.com slash 267. It will be there as well. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, I keep feel like we keep saying this, one of our favorite places <laughs> that we visited on, yeah. on our trip up to Alaska. 
And that's very true of this place, though. Uh, I, I would, for me, one of the top three sort of towns we visited. Oh, for sure. Um, it's called Dawson City. And not to be confused with Dawson Creek or the TV show Dawson's Creek. <laughs> uh, Dawson Creek is a town where the the Alaska Highway starts down in, in British Columbia. But Dawson City is the epicenter of the Yukon Gold Rush up in the Yukon Territory. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Be right back. This episode is sponsored by the Park Wolf app. Ever found yourself in the heart of a national park surrounded by beauty? but unsure where to go or what to see? That's where ParkWolf comes in. ParkWolf is the ultimate app for exploring national parks. As you drive, the GPS shows you what's coming up on the road, and an audio guide will fill you in on what's there, so you can decide if it's worth a stop for you or not. Gas running low, looking for a bite to eat or a bathroom break? ParkWolf's got you covered. It keeps track of the nearest gas station, restrooms, food, and pullover areas. And the best part, it works without an internet connection. And if you're a wildlife enthusiast, you'll love ParkWolf's wildlife maps and sighting notifications. So before you set off on your next national park adventure, download the ParkWolf app for your iPhone from the App Store. It's your ultimate guide to national parks. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight-distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth-wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. We are back, and it's time to talk about Dawson City up in the Yukon Territory. Um, on your way out of Whitehorse, so where we were last week. Not where we were last week, but what we talked where about Where the podcast week. was last week. You can continue on the Alaska Highway into, into Alaska, which is the most common route that people take um, through uh, through Destruction Bay and on to Toke. We instead took the northern route. So the, the Alaska Highway goes directly west, and the northern route uh, takes you north up to the top of the world highway along the Klondike Highway. Um, the top of the world highway was a great experience. We'll get to that in another episode. But just before the top of the world highway is the town of Dawson City. It is the center of the 1898 Klondike Gold Rush, and it is very much intact as a 1800s gold rush town. Well, so much of it is a part of Parks Canada too. So yeah. the Klondike National Historical Park, yeah. I think is its official name. It's over there on the refrigerator as a magnet. <laughs> I cannot remember exactly, but it's so a lot of the city itself has many historical buildings that are being protected by Parks Canada. So right off the bat, this is just my whole, my whole world. I was so excited to get here. You know, this idea that we were going to kind of be able to step back in time and take a look at this incredibly remote and such a beautiful place. And it really did feel like from we're about to talk about it, but from how we had to get to our campground or come back into town uh, even from the grocery shopping and just talking to a few of the locals that live there and what life is like for them in Dawson City. Really, again, you know, I had Fort Langley, I had Dawson City. These are two places. Canada, I love you. Well, I loved it. kind of blows your mind uh, about, you know, 125 years ago. Yeah. How people got up there. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's it was so much work for us to get up there. And then how quickly it boomed yeah. when they were up there and how some people just were making bank up there. Mostly not off of gold, off of no. the people trying to get gold. <laughs> yes, which is <laughs> really raised prices and it was yeah. very yeah, there's so much that went into it. It's so fascinating. So Dawson City is along the Yukon River. And in order to get to the campground that we were staying at, and we stayed at the Yukon River campground, in order to do this from Dawson City, 
you have to take a ferry across the river. This is not a ferry like you may have seen us take when um, we went from, you know, Washington over to British Columbia. Yeah, all, all or the ferries when, in the Seattle area. Yeah. It's, it's nowhere near as big as something Nothing like that. Nothing like a Pacific Northwest this ferry. is a small boat that can fit. It's a barge. Uh, but... it's, it's a small barge. It could fit maybe four RVs and no other cars, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I think it might be slightly bigger than that, but... Yeah, maybe, but... Really depend. Basically, it was like yeah. uh, uh, us and Jamie and Clay mm -hmm. and a couple cars. I think so. Yeah. And we get on, and this barge has to cross, and it has to fight this current. The Yukon River was just racing yeah. that whole weekend. We were there. Yeah, so it goes like it's a straight up stream, and then it, kind of floats back. It is. It is wild. And you get on, and this is this is how people that live there get around like there is no other way to cross to this other side that you need to get on the other if side you're going to continue is, the other side is the town of west dawson city and it is it is the town is that's being generous it's being it's generous amazing yeah. so we get on and of course you know um by this time i think our kids were a little over putting the rv on ferries yeah. and we kind of saved the uh most uh i guess sketchy uh, sure we saved the sketchiest one for last so there was a whole lot of are you kidding me <laughs> with this as we were getting on it's not sketchy it's just it's not sketchy it's, it's not sketchy there's nothing dangerous about it it's just small like you said and, and it's different it's just different and sometimes different can uh be hard for people it's change yeah. it's different it's, it's hard to uh, process very efficient uh, at getting because it's you know it's just back and forth back and forth 24 all hours yeah, all day long 24 hours and they um and it's free mm -hmm. so that's that's really a big benefit of it is it's it's free no matter how big of a vehicle you have uh but the, this campground uh across the across the river from the town is a great Another great provincial park in Canada. It is first come, first serve. Mm -hmm. It's like 20 bucks a night. Um, and, uh, Canadian, so it's yeah. a little, little less American. And uh, they had had a lot of rain, like had, right before we arrived. This was muddy. another, again, we just continued to really be fortunate with the weather because the weather while we were there was spectacular we had some really beautiful we were only there for a short time i think three days but we had a couple really gorgeous days but it was incredibly muddy in the campground when we arrived and the campground itself uh, again there's no hookups in this campground is very very wooded so it was a challenge with the solar and in, starlink and yeah. the starlink but you know we rolled in knowing that this could be an issue. We were really conservative with battery power. Of course, we were gone a lot during the day and out exploring that helped as well. So we made it just fine the whole time that we were there. There is no dump station there as well. Right. So you need to plan for that too. So when we headed out, we were heading out with tanks full. So plan to bring your water in, and then you need to plan to take out your water as well. And you can visit back into Dawson City. Yes. Without taking your RV across, you can you could actually walk. It's a little bit of a walk from the campground, uh, but you can drive to that just that side of the ferry and park there, and just and just on foot take the ferry across. And the town is all walkable. Yeah, very, you very can walkable. walk. You can drive. You can bike. bike. Yeah. There's lots of ways to get back over there. And once you get back over into the town, it really does become an experience about learning why Dawson City exists, how it popped up in 1898, and exploring this Parks Canada site. And right off the bat, first thing we did, of course, to the Visitor Center, to yeah. the Parks Canada Visitor Center, and got to know they have tours. We ended up doing um, the tour that we did because a lot of these historical buildings are closed. And in order to view them, you need to schedule a tour and you'll get guided through. So naturally we did the theater. Yes. Yes. The, there was a theater this, this here. A, a huge, huge. It's not the original. It has been rebuilt. It has. Um, to the specification that's, that it was built at, but this 
I mean, this could this theater could not have felt more gold rush uh, or old westy or as far removed from mainland society yes. as, as possible. It it was really cool, all sort of rough hewn wood. It's um, beautiful. It's and, still in operation. Yeah, they they do. They have. They have shows, they have banquets, they have dances there. It's wonderful. And this tour, though, was so good. The The docent was uh, really detailed. And I, I want to say maybe it was like an hour and a half long. Maybe. Yeah, I, it was still just long yeah. enough that, or short enough, I should say, that our youngest people with us did great, didn't have any issues whatsoever. Everyone was really, really engaged. It's the it's named the Palace Grand Theater Tour. If you ever yeah. find yourself there, you need to do this. We got to not only see the house, you know, where you're going to sit, we're going to and we got to go up into the balconies, uh, but we also got to see dressing rooms. Dressing rooms of famous performers that, that were, were coming through during the gold rush. They're kind of kept in in the style yes. that they would have been back then. Yes, yeah. it's spectacular. And then we were led backstage and we got to see the dressing rooms where performers throughout all of the years have been signing on the wall in the dressing rooms. So that was really cool to see. You got to kind of see all the rigging and the lighting and then you like, got to go on the stage. Yeah. For me, that was really interesting being having a technical theater background because it, it's like historic rigging and mm -hmm. um, historic lighting and uh, and backdrops and all that sort of stuff. And then I, from a performance background, to get to go out on the stage and hear the acoustics in there yeah. were stunning. You wouldn't need to be mic'd up. Yeah. Like it was, it was just really, really cool. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I cannot recommend it enough. There are several tours there. there. I wish we had had time so to you, do more. You go to this visitor center. It's not very big, but it's staffed with wonderful people and has a lot of great information there. And uh, you can book one of these tours. It's going to cost you per person, you know, like 10 bucks or so. And you can do as many as you want, as long as, you know, time permits. But they just meet right outside. And then the mm -hmm. docent walks you to in costume. whatever the site is. They're in costume. In costume. But the, you know, the town is, it's, it, like I said, it's very walkable. So you can really easily get to all these sites quickly. Yeah. So you can, you can do these tours or you can just spend a lot of time uh walking around the town as and, i did <laughs> and viewing these and abby did well, you a, can do a walking tour so they will tour. give you yeah. a booklet that's you can yeah. do your self-guided walking tour so i did that again on my own similar as to what i did if you remember from the fort langley episode uh jay and the kids were not super into that and i think that that's totally fine i love that we've had these opportunities along this trip to do things that were maybe just like one person was really, really interested in. And, and for me, walking tours, I love walking tours. So I was able to go off and do that in Dawson City, go around. I stopped into one of the local um, like bars that are there as well. And I had like a martini and just really kind of enjoyed listening and people watching there and reading a book and then continued on my walking tour. Henry and I completed one of their uh, essentially... Parks Canada's Junior Rangers program, and he became a honorary Junior Ranger of the Klondike uh, National Historical Park. That was really cool. That got to take us around the yeah, town you had to, as like, well. Go find things out in yes. town and uh, yes. kind of scavenger hunt a bit. Yes, yeah. and so we did that, and he got a, a badge for. It. Actually, they didn't give him a badge. They gave him um, it was dog tags. So he has this like dog tags that he wears and That's has cool. the information on it. And then finally, one of the things we were able to do is check off uh, a wish of one of our family members for this trip, which was Henry really wanted to pan for gold. And at the visitor center, they do have, um, you can check out for free the gold panning and you can get yeah. all of the equipment that you need to go off and pan for gold on your own. And there is a free claim. For, it's called claim number six along mm -hmm. the Bonanza Creek um, where you can go. Because they're still operating yes. gold gold mining sites up there, right? Uh, but you can go uh, to this free claim spot and uh, along this creek and pan for gold. You could you know, spend a whole afternoon there. 
we we stayed as long as we could. This is not walkable, by the way. So we yeah, this did is drive. A, it's a bit out of town, and it's a it's a cool drive. Yeah. Um, we stayed as long as we could, but the mosquitoes, the mosquitoes were, were so bad. They were real bad. Like they, yeah, they were it, okay in town. They were not okay at the campsite. Not at the campsite, but and, there was a lot of standing water. Woods. Yeah. Um, but the mosquitoes, they they were pretty awful. Also, and the water was very, very cold. So we're standing yes. in this barefoot and our feet are like turning into icicles yes. standing in this water. Because you really kind of have to stand in the water to pan for gold. So next time I would have brought like deep, deep boots. Yes. Yeah. But we did it. And Henry had such a yeah. good time. And we found little well, specks, little flakes, yeah. little flakes yeah. of yeah. gold. And it was exciting to find those. And we were not the only people there. And mm. we, I don't think we were the, I don't think all of us there were, tourists either i think oh. there was some locals yeah. that were trying to strike it rich yeah and you can uh you can get like some serious gold mining equipment there one of the places you could do that there we there's this store there's this like camping store it's like camping and outdoor gear store mm -hmm. right on the sort of main strip and i thought it was so cool because they had you know they had camping gear and they had gold panning equipment and like you could get by the whole slew and stuff mm -hmm. all the all the gear to have a whole mini gold mining operation right yeah but the store also had a bunch of vintage camping equipment which i thought was really cool a lot of it was for sale um a lot of it was just decoration but there was a lot of like i, I if we had had a bigger rig <laughs> knowing that you know I guess we didn't know at that point that we were potentially going into a house, but had we known we we're going in, going to be moving somewhere or getting a studio, mm -hmm. I would have bought up a bunch of stuff there yes. as decoration for our home or studio. I cannot imagine having a bigger rig <laughs> up there. <laughs> there were, there were, uh, there were oh, bigger ones for sure. For sure. I mean, well, Jamie and Clay were bigger, but there were some class A's that yeah. came by and it was. But there um, were more, many more smaller rigs here. There's lots a lot of class of, B of vans. vans. Yeah. And actually just to go back to the claim six where we were gold panning, just a little bit past that, it did look like there was some boondocking opportunities there as well. I did happen to see a couple of vans. I don't know that I would recommend anything. Um, Bexy would probably be fine just because of the independent suspension, but the road getting to this claim is, is pretty rough. Yeah. So I'm not sure that I would recommend that you take anything really big out and back there, yeah. but I did notice a couple of vans back there. So there could be some opportunities for some boondocking in that area. I'm sure. And there might be some boondocking as well on the, uh, on the side of the river where we camped at because beyond, beyond there, that's, this is the route you take to get to the top of the world highway. So if you're going to take the top of the world highway, you do have to cross this ferry. Yes. And it basically begins shortly after the town of West Dawson city. And I would say that this town being in Dawson city is where you and I both were like, yep, we're getting a van. That's <laughs> what we're getting next. Cause there were some cool looking vans yeah. hanging out and you know, not to, I'm sure everyone's thinking, where's our food recommendations. We went to several restaurants. This is, I don't think, a town you're coming to to have a food experience. There might be some great places. None, none of them we ate at were bad, but no. nothing was wonderful. There are about a billion places to get ice cream. Yes, lots um, of ice cream, which the kids love. This is a big souvenir town. There are lots of souvenir shops. Yes, yeah. they're definitely catering to tourists. And then they shut down for the winter. And it's very fascinating to see what life is like. And, and I encourage you to talk to the people at the visitor center, especially if they're locals. And, and they will gladly share with you what life is like in Dawson City when the tourists stop coming. Yeah. And they're all just hanging out playing hockey <laughs> for the winter. It's, it's pretty awesome. All right. So when we come back to our travels, we will talk about the top of the world highway onto the town of chicken it's time to go to alaska it's our first stop in alaska <laughs> and it was really kind of special place we talked about it a little yeah. bit on the episode with jamie and clay and i think we even like fresh tank it when we were there but yes but, it's really yeah. i cannot wait 
to start talking about chicken again. It is so great. And I know that I bet a lot of you are asking or wondering too, where is the Baja to Alaska docuseries? It's coming. It is coming. We had said fall of 2023. It is still technically fall. It is fall Stick with up us. until December 21st. Okay. <laughs> but this, as what we are sitting in right now, this transition for our family and also compiling. Wow. We have so much more than we realized. And it's really wanting to create something that is, that is a, does this journey justice really takes a lot of Jason's time and energy and being the, um, I don't want to say perfectionists because we're not perfectionists, but just being people that really want to produce quality over quantity. This is gonna, this is taking some time <laughs> for sure. So let's take a break so that we can come back and finish this podcast up so y'all can enjoy the back half of this show, which is going to be fresh tank and black tank picks. We'll be right back. You know, when I was a kid, one of the best Christmases ever, I remember my dad bringing out a brand new bicycle into the living room when I was like seven years old. What's the adult version of that? What's the way that you can deliver that best gift ever affect this holiday season? Well, you can still do it with a bike. Electric e-bikes will impress even the hardest person to shop for on your list. There are lots of e-bikes to choose from out there, but there's only one Electric XP, the best-selling e-bike in America. It's the perfect gift for the explorer, the eco-warrior, or the parent on your list, or just as a treat for yourself. And starting at just $749, these e-bikes are friendly on your wallet. Plus, you can get hundreds of dollars in free accessories when you purchase this holiday season at electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E bikes.com. Welcome back. It is time to check the level of our tanks. Sponsored by Matt's RV Reviews, Liquefied RV Tank Treatment, the no BS toilet treatment. You can find it in our Amazon store at amazon.com slash shop slash RV miles. Okay, Jay, what is in your black tank this week? Well, it's uh, it's that, t- <laughs> that time where oh, there's no. uh, a potential government shutdown on the way again. Again? Already? Yeah. yeah well, it was it's just... that time of year? They just, it, you know, the last potential one was they just did the short continuing resolution. So... Oh, boy. Just, just, just to make you all aware, if you have plans over sort of Thanksgiving time, uh, actually, this episode is going to come out here midweek, and I think... By Friday, they have to make a deal. Yeah. Um, and if they don't make a deal by Friday, I'm guessing the shutdown would last through Thanksgiving. Um, but just, you know, so folks are out there are aware if you're planning on camping and any federal sites, any national park sites, mm-hmm. most of them will probably be closed down. Um, they've been fairly clear about that. They will actually be shutting gates to parks where possible uh, and, and that sort of stuff. And that includes if you're like visiting Washington D.C. or something like oh, that. Oh wow! Monuments and all that. So just just keep it on your radar. And if they do avoid a shutdown, it's very possible that they will be just punting it a few more weeks down the road. So keep an eye on when those dates are. If you are if you are have any travel plans that are going to take you into national parks and other federal lands. Let's just keep kicking that can mm-hmm. down the road. Mm-hmm. All right. What is in your fresh tank this week? Uh, my fresh tank is uh, that fuel prices are dropping a bit, which Woo-hoo! is nice. Um, it's nothing spectacular, but it is finally nice to be uh, uh, where we're not, we're not in a state yeah. that is under Listen. $3, but we are, very close next to a state that yeah. is under three hundred dollars. Yeah. We did so we, drive to the other state we, where we paid two ninety nine. We're right on the border of Iowa, <laughs> Illinois. So as a lot of people do here, drive across the river to get fuel if you know, if that financially makes sense. If it makes sense. I wish come on, Costco. Cross the river. We need come Costco on over, here. over to Illinois. But the Costco gas wouldn't be cheap over here though. Or as cheap. Yes, but I think sometimes it would be worth it to not drive the 15, 20 minutes to Costco. We essentially go to Costco once a week and we just fill up there. Well, Uh, we don't have to anymore, though. We actually just filled Fordo up 
for the first time in uh it's been a while. It's been like three three weeks, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So because we've been taking the test. Can't say that about Tessie. We've uh, definitely had to give her some juice, but but uh, gas has dropped about twenty five cents nationwide on the month, and diesel's not so great. It's about nine cents on the month, and there are I I I think I counted at least ten states um, that are. I think it's actually more. I think it's more like 13 states that are under $3 a gallon right now. Yeah, don't come at us if you're in the West. We get it. We know you're not sorry. paying. Okay, we're sorry. But right. we understand. We're talking an average here. Yeah. We got to take everybody into account. So no, I mean, we gas, get it. Gas prices are still, you know, high elevated. But but it's it's at least they're coming down from the worst of what the summer was. This is supposed to be how it happens. We're supposed to have a fall lull yes. in fuel prices. That's sort of the historical trend is that, you know, they switch out of the summer blends, people travel less, and fuel prices come down. In the last several years, it has just been a whole bunch of ups and downs throughout the yeah. course of the whole year. And maybe we feel like we keep celebrating these like, oh, two ninety nine because what we paid. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk to you about We didn't even get into what we have been paying for fuel as we went through Canada and into Alaska, this was our Oof. choice to make that, that travel go. Oof. So we knew, but coming back into the States after paying what we paid, you're like, Oh my gosh, only two ninety nine. That's so cheap. Well, like we only have like three ninety nine. We were like, Whoa. Oh, oh, I know. When we saw under four, yeah. when we got into the lower 48, we were just like, Oh, Wow, this is so cheap. We can afford dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are places in Canada where we're paying over $8 a gallon when you take into account the exchange rate and all that. That's the price you pay yeah. to go to these incredibly remote places where you get to feel like you're in the great last wilderness again. So yeah. that's, that's just the price you pay to go do that. All right, what is in your black tank? <sighs> okay, uh, my black tank. I am so, and I've already unloaded on you last night about this. I don't understand burning leaves. I am so over it. I have moved to an area where everyone here, they just cannot wait to make their big giant pile of leaves that have fallen off the trees and set them on fire and just Blanket all of us in the disgusting smell that is burning, sometimes still wet leaves. Well, that's the problem too. I, the biggest part of it, I mean, it's not, it's not all, but the biggest part of it is they burn them too quick. They burn them before they're dry. It is the worst. Yeah. I was taking Jack to driver's ed last night. Y'all, Jack started driver's ed. I, I can't. When we started this podcast, we had a ten-year-old. Mm -hmm. And now we have a budding driver. I'm taking him out to his driver's ed class. And it is, you can, it looks like fog has rolled in, but it's not fog. It's disgusting, stinky leaf smoke. Because I, the Quad Cities, they, y'all just love burning your leaves. It, it is miserable. My eyes water, my nose is congested, everything, just my eyes burn. It stinks. Our clothes smell gross. I don't understand it. Leave, just leave your leaves. Leave them. I'm sorry. Your yard is not big enough. Bag it. <sighs> just bag it. Come compost on. them. Just make a compost pile. Compost them. It's or, also not great for the environment. Or like mow, it's just not. Mow right over them. Yes. And mulch it into your grass, which is what the lawn experts just recommend. Set it there on fire guy. in the road. Like, what are you doing? There like, a, stop. Well, that's the thing that I, I don't like is that when they're burning in the road because I, I remember back in, uh, I think it was just after college, I had a friend. We were at some uh, somebody's house uh, out of town. We are like uh, 45 minutes out, out of town, I think in Geneseo or something. Okay. And we arrived in the evening and they parked on the street. We all parked on the street. There were like four or five cars. And um, she uh, came out to her car when we were leaving around like 10 o'clock or so 
and one of her tires was completely melted. Unbelievable. Because she parked into hot coals. It's, I have never, ever been anywhere where the just zeal of burning leaves <laughs> is as strong as it is There's here. Also, I don't, I really, truly do not understand it. I was driving down the interstate the other day and there was, there were some houses that were backed up really close to, you know, they've got like a sort of wall separating a large, you know, one of those large concrete fences separating yeah. the, the interstate from from houses, but yeah. there was a house that was basically backed up against the interstate, and this guy's in the very, very back of his yard, burning leaves, and the the interstate was like the visibility was like zero. This is this is literally what it was like on John Deere Road last night. Yeah. I thought that a heavy <laughs> fog. Yeah. Well, welcome to our, our very well, local complaints. I'm sorry. Um, is uh, is. WQAD listening because you have you you have this year's I know Paula Sands normally does the helium balloon parade, but listen, you got two oh. right here. Did you all know? I'm gonna just go off on just a second. So uh this weekend is uh the tree lighting ceremony in downtown Moline, but they also do uh in the I think in over on Davenport, they do uh, a helium balloon parade. They, I couldn't stop laughing. They bill it as the only or largest, largest, the largest helium balloon parade in the Midwest. And I just, because Chicago doesn't do balloons. PR (laughs) spin. (laughs) I love, sometimes I wish I had gone into marketing and PR. I, I, what I love, I love it. I love all the locals, the local news anchors, the local celebrities. I love, I love it. There, some of these. So there, what we've got here, I think, is a similar situation that you've got in lots of other towns where you've got the people that have been on these news stations for like forty years Mm -hmm. plus, and then some young whippersnapper. Each station's got one of them, and then everybody else is twenty-two years old. They just look like they just started shaving, like two weeks ago and hey good for you go get that like mid city career job like cut your teeth here so that you can go off and do like the big city news i get it you should because i know they're only paying you like yeah thousand dollars a year yeah it's pathetic but um there is just something about the (laughs) the way that that helium balloon parade is being touted as the midwest's largest and don't think i wasn't like hey we gotta go to this we gotta go go support it and we gotta take paula sand's job we're gonna call it i'm really excited to go to is the festival of trees so festival trees has been a tradition (laughs) around here for forever and i'm sure other places do Uh, something similar well it's really cool because msi does their christmas around the world you can can purchase yeah. those trees but, but this, <laughs> that's pricey what this is 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 uh uh local people and businesses sponsor a tree and they mm-hmm. decorate a tree um a lot of designer type tree you yeah know, and then they they put it in this festival that runs basically over thanksgiving and you you can buy one of the trees and it, that money all goes to charity. Do y'all see where this is going? So do next you, year, you, I'm making a tree. Do you see where this is going? This is the most excited about the holidays I've ever seen this man. And he... I love Christmas. You always... I, you act like my I am mother, such a Grinch. My I mother love bought, Christmas. My mother I, bought you a Grinch ornament one year for Christmas. Because you tell her I'm a Grinch. No, I don't, I don't have to tell love, anyone anything. I don't love putting so much work into christmas like we've got to you make are so many things you are to be made. margo it must be on november Griswold. 1st is when christmas begin this it's it's you, that much you are you are the todd and no. margo and i am the the clark Griswold no i'm 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 beverly d'angelo i'm <laughs> You're the one that goes and flips the light switch. I'm just, and I'm I just going along with I... you. I love it. It's beautiful. I'm just going along with you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fresh such... tank. Yeah, I actually have two, so I got to be really quick. The first is that I took Ethan to see uh, the Taylor Swift Eras tour in the movie theater. If you get a chance to go and see that, go see it. I Isn't it like done now? Um. 
Eve said something to me that it might I'm keep sure coming back. back. I'm yeah, sure. or you're yeah. going to get to stream it or whatever. I I had the best time. This is such a good show. And Just, you're not even like a Taylor almost, Swift. I wouldn't call myself a Swifty. I as Ethan is a Swifty and so, you know, by default, um I've gotten to know more about Taylor Swift and her music and you know, I I've there's certainly several songs that I do enjoy that when those came up, you better believe I was like dancing and singing and doing the whole thing. And we had just the best time. But from a production standpoint, if you're someone who is just really into this sort of, I think what is going to, I think that concerts coming to movie theaters, I think that she is, has now completely changed the game. Beyonce's got one that's coming out in December as well. I think that this is going to completely change how, uh, we are able to see arena concert, big, large concert tours that we can't get these tickets to. I think a lot of these are going to start coming to the theaters in the future. And this is going to be kind of it, the the wave of the future with um, the industry. This is something I think a lot about, about like, there's a limited capacity at so many things mm-hmm. that we want as the population grows. And there's so many things that are popular that everybody wants to do. And I count national parks up with that yeah national parks concerts uh theater broadway shows there's all sorts of stuff that we're reaching a point where just there's not enough capacity for people to see these things and they get popular on the internet and we have to find ways to bring them to to people without making them pay fifteen hundred dollars to well and this isn't she's not uh she's not revolutionizing or she's not, she's not creating something that wasn't already there. I mean, you know, the opera, the Met Mm -hmm. has been doing for years. You can go, I think once a month and you can watch a Met performance on the big screen. I, I performing arts have been doing things like this for decades. This is not new. The The thing is, yes, the thing is, is that this is reaching an audience that goes way beyond the Met opera. (laughs) You know, this is, this was phenomenal from the costuming, the lights, the the choreography, which was done by Mandy Moore, who I have loved since her days on So You Think You Can Dance, um, the backup singers, the band, just her her performance in general, her her warmth towards the audience and how she made every single person in that room and then in that theater feel a part of that performance. I think that's a true gift, whether or not you like her music or not, you know, whether or not you are happy that she's in the football scene or not. I think it's a it's a real gift that people have to be able to make tens of thousands of people feel like they're the only person in that room. That's spectacular from a performance standpoint. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I absolutely recommend that you go see it or you stream it when you have to just I can't wait for Jason to watch it because the lighting yeah, you didn't take me so. design. No, we didn't take you. It's just the two of us. We got all dressed up and we went. So see we'll have to well, you know, you wanted to build furniture. <laughs> I was really, really wanting to build all the IKEA furniture. You so. had a date with IKEA, and I'm I so had done. a date with T Swift. So, so done with miniature Allen wrenches. <laughs> and if you never see another one, t- <laughs> although you probably will next time we move, so and, it's fine. and instructions that have no words. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to save my other fresh tank for maybe okay. next week because, okay. you know, I've waxed poetic about oh, so many other things. just say it. Come on. Oh, no, because it's a long one. I want to be able to talk for a while about it. And we've, uh, we went on, <laughs> we took that detour over to uh, <laughs> Quad Cityville and talked a lot about mm-hmm. that. And which, speaking of detour, which is the show we do after the show, um, and we do that for Mile Marker Plus members, and those are members who are at the $7 a month level or $70 a year. $70 a year means you're getting two months free of being a Mile Marker member. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we are picking back up that are yeah, not our hobbies or, or joys. Maybe yeah. someone's thinking about some concert lighting or some mm. audition pieces or things of that nature. So if you want to hear Jason and I kind of share um, 
what our life was like before we became RVers and began working in this world and how we're looking to reconnect with some of that and the silliness that comes with all of that, uh, become a Mile Marker Plus member. You can learn more at rvmiles.com slash milemarkers. And that support, uh, in addition to all the thank you perks that we have waiting for you, like a subscription to RV Today magazine, but included is um, helping us continue to grow and build this business so that we can be better creators for you so that we can continue to serve this RV community in the way that we have and, and hope to do so for many, many years to come. So head on over to rvmiles.com slash mile markers to learn more. All right. That's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, it is. We hope you all had a really good time. We certainly had a great time with you as well. If you have any questions for Jason and I, you can find us over in the RV Miles Facebook group. And of course, please consider leaving a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts to help put RV Miles in front of a whole new generation of listeners. But until next week, stay healthy, be a Clark Griswold, don't be a Todd and a Margo, and keep logging those RV Miles. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>